Welcome to Understanding the Bible with Pastor Stephen. This is episode 24, The End Times, Revelation Part 4. Last time we had covered the six seals in chapter 6, chapter 7, the 144,000 witnesses, and the seventh seal, which opened up the trumpet judgments uh, in chapter 8, 1 through 5. Now, this time we're going to do a quick overview of how to read the book of Revelation and then the timeline according to the books. Let's get started. The overview of John's writing in the book of Revelation is that John will give a general timeline of events, and then in another chapter, he'll give specific events or people that either are going to happen or that he already described. And then he does a third thing, the visions or the metaphors, such as the great dragon in chapter 12. And in that one, he clearly says he saw a sign in heaven, and that Greek word is samion, which is an indication, especially supernaturally, a symbol, a sign, a token, or a wonder of something. So he makes it very clear using grammar tools, like we've discussed before, that this is not literal, but he's seeing something that is an indication of something else. The other thing that John uses here in these writings is an interlude chapters. I found that John uses this three times in the book of Revelation and his style in writing the book of Revelation is to give an overview of the judgments that are coming, then to focus on a specific detail related to that or to the next thing that he's going to tell us. So this makes it confusing to some th people who think the entire book is chronological, you know, in order one thing after another, when in, in reality, he jumps back to describe more details about things he already told you. Then he jumps forward to give details about something he hasn't told you yet. Then he comes back to the timeline and gives you in general, the things that are going to happen. The way to think of this, the, the book of Revelation is, is kind of like when you do an informative research paper. Remember back in your school days, all right, college, high school, when you're told how to do an outline. In the first paragraph, you're supposed to give an attention grabber, an intro to let people know what this paper is about. Then you give them an outline of events and you go into detail and you tell those events, right? Then at the end of your paper or your speech, you're supposed to give a summary of what you just told people. John does this. He tells them what he's going to tell them. Then he tells them and then he recaps what he just told them. So you have these interludes. There's three of them. The first interlude is uh, after the six seal judgments, which we just covered. And it's chapter seven. Chapter seven is an interlude where he talks about the 144,000 sealed uh, believers. Then you have interlude two, which follows the six trumpet judgments and interlude two is chapters 10 through 14, where he gives specific details about the Antichrist, his rise to power, the two witnesses, and the war in heaven at the beginning of time. So clearly an interlude here that is not chronological with the end times. Then you have interlude three, which follows the seven vile judgments, sometimes called the bowl judgments. These are the vials of the wrath of God. And this interlude is chapter 17 and 18, where he again goes into some symbolism and he talks about the harlot, the Antichrist, and the fall of that great city, Babylon. So the timeline of the book of Revelation is this. First of all, you have multiple judgments. And I want you to understand that we've only covered the first set of them, the seven seals, okay? So you have those. Then you have the seven trumpets. And the seventh seal is actually the seven trumpets together. 
so that when Jesus Christ opens that seventh seal, we read about the next judgments, which are the trumpet judgments. Then we have the seven thunders, which God told John not to tell people about. That one's very interesting because we have no clue what these additional judgments are. Then we have the seven vials of the wrath of God. Here's the way the chapters are broken down. If you want to look at the end times, the book of Revelation by chapter, chapter one through six is the sealed judgments, the first half of the tribulation. Then you have chapter seven, which is an interlude about the 144,000. Then you have chapter eight and nine, which is the trumpet judgments. We're going to read that today, which we're not a hundred percent sure whether it's the first or second half of the tribulation when these trumpet judgments happen. It could be a combination of both. It could be just the second half, but the Bible does not clearly say when they happen. They just happen after the seals. Then you have chapter 10 to 14, which is the second interlude or an aside. And this is where he talks about the seven thunders, the two witnesses, the war in heaven and the rise of the antichrist. Then you have chapter 15 and 16, which is the seven vials. We'll cover that in a couple of weeks. Then we have chapter 17 and 18, which is the interlude three or an aside out of order. Okay. And this is his vision of the harlot, the beast, Babylon, and the explanation of it. All right. So it's not something that you can just symbolize and make up your own explanation. Then you have chapter 19, which is Armageddon and the marriage supper. Then chapter 20, which is the thousand year reign of Christ and the battle of Gog and Magog. And then chapter 21, which is the new heaven, new earth and new Jerusalem, which is the end. That is your summary. Now let's dive into chapter eight and nine really quick. The trumpets chapter eight, verse six, and the seven angels, which had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. This first trumpet is hail and fire and the green things on the earth burnt up. And the first angel sounded and there followed hail and fire mingled with blood and they were cast upon the earth and the third part of the trees was burnt up and all green grass was burnt up. It's going to create some problems for the people left alive on earth because greenery is what gives us oxygen, right? So you may start having, uh, you know, your worst time ever with soot, smog and everything else because now there's not as many trees and things to actually clean the air. Then we have the second trumpet, which is possibly a meteor, where the third part of the waters become blood. Now, keep in mind when we read this one, the seven seas commonly talked about in modern times includes the Arctic, the North Atlantic, the South Atlantic, the North Pacific, the South Pacific, the Indian Ocean, and the Southern Oceans. The exact origin of the phrase seven seas is uncertain. Although there are references in ancient literature that date back thousands of years. And of course, the Bible is one of them. So verse eight says, and the second angel sounded. And as it were, a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea. There's the meteor that I think it might be. And the third part of the sea became blood. Do not symbolize this. It doesn't say like blood. God turns the water to blood, the oceans. That's what the sea means. The seven oceans. So the seas become blood, a third part of it. Now, if you look at a map, it could very well be one, one of the uh, great oceans off of America, the Atlantic or the Pacific, because if those oceans turn to blood, either one of those is like a third of the water. I could see a great meteor smashing into the Atlantic Ocean and the entire Atlantic turns to blood. And it's not like blood. It is actual blood, just like the 10 plagues of Egypt. 
Verse 9, And the third part of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died, and the third part of the ships were destroyed. Well, obviously, if a meteor the size of a mountain slams into the Atlantic Ocean, the tidal waves and the waters turning to blood is obviously going to kill everything in that ocean. Then you have the third trumpet, which is, again, probably another meteor, where it says a third of the fresh water becomes bitter. So verse 10, And the third angel sounded, and there fell a great star from heaven, burning as it were a lamp, and it fell upon the third part of the rivers and upon the fountains of waters. So how is that going to fall on fresh fountains of waters all over the earth? Well, if it's, you know, what we typically see as a meteor shower, it could very well fall all over the earth and hit the fresh waters. I'm not sure how that's going to play out, but this clearly is talking about rivers and fountains of waters, not the oceans. Verse 11, and the name of the star is called Wormwood, and the third part of the waters became Wormwood, and many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. So now you're going to have more death because now our regular drinking water is affected. Then we have the fourth trumpet where a third part of the sky and the sun is darkened. Verse 12, and the fourth angel sounded and the third part of the sun was smitten and the third part of the moon and the third part of the stars. So as the third part of them was darkened and the day shone not for a third part of it and the night likewise. To me, it sounds fairly obvious that something either hit the sun or the sun is being extinguished and a third part of the sun goes dark while the reflection on the moon at nighttime and the stars, the planets that we see in our night sky, you, you don't see those anymore. The only things you're going to see is the ones that are far away from other stars, right? So that could easily be because of what happens to the sun, the rest of the night sky is darkened as well. Then we have the fifth, sixth, and seventh trumpets, which are named as the three woes. Verse 13, and I beheld and heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other voices of the trumpet of the three angels, which are yet to sound. These trumpets are called the three woes by the Bible itself. Then we come to Revelation 9 verse 1, which is the first woe, which is demons from the bottomless pit. And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth, and to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. So this star is an angel which the reference to angels being called stars is all throughout the Bible, okay? And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit, as the smoke of a great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and unto them was given power as the scorpions of the earth have power. And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God on their foreheads. The only place here in Revelation where the seal of God was listed was the 144,000. Verse 5, And to them it was given that they should not kill them, but they, that they should be tormented five months. And their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when he striketh a man. And in those days shall men seek death and shall not find it, and shall desire to die, and death shall flee from them. And the shapes of the locusts were like unto horses prepared unto battle, and on their heads were as it were crowns like gold, and their faces were as the faces of men. And they had hair as the hair of women, and their teeth were as the teeth of lions. And they had breastplates as it were breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was as the sound of chariots of many horses running to battle. And they had tails like unto scorpions, and they were, there were stings in their tails, and their power was to hurt men five months." 
and they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit. So here's how we know they're demons, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue hath his name Apollyon. One woe is past, and behold, there come two woes more hereafter. Then we have the sixth trumpet, which is the second woe, where a third of the humans that are left on the earth die. Verse 13. And the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel, which had the trumpet, Loose the four angels, which are bound in the great river Euphrates. And the four angels were loosed, which were prepared for an hour and a day and a month and a year, for to slay the third part of men. And the number of the army of the horsemen were two hundred thousand thousand. That's two hundred million. And I heard the number of them. And thus I saw the horses in the vision and them that sat on them having breastplates of fire. So these are demons having breastplates of fire and of jacinth and brimstone. And the heads of the horses were as the heads of lions and out of their mouths issued fire and smoke and brimstone. By these three was the third part of men killed by the fire and by the smoke and by the brimstone, which issued out of their mouths for their power is in their mouth and in their tails for their tails were like unto serpents and had heads and with them they do hurt. And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues, yet repented not of the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and wood, which neither can see nor hear nor walk. Neither repented they of their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor of their fornication, nor of their thefts. This brings up another point. Who are they killing? It appears that they are only killing the unbelievers, because these are murderers, sorcerers, fornicators etc. Those who worship devils and idols of gold and silver, etc. You could make the argument that God does protect believers during this time from the demons. Now, you cannot make the argument that he protects all of the believers from the governments of the world who are seeking to destroy followers of Christ, because clearly the Antichrist is going to be beheading people, which we've already heard that for not taking the mark of the beast. And then God said he'd separated out 144,000 uh, believers who cannot be killed by the antichrist. I'm not saying the times are not going to be dangerous and even to the point of death, but I'm saying this passage right here about the sixth trumpet leads some people to believe that the demonic forces will not be able to destroy believers. Then we have the second interlude or the aside, chapter 10 to 14, which is specific details of things not told in order. We have the two witnesses. They're both killed and lie in the street for three days. God raises them from the dead and they're called into heaven. And then we have this verse, Revelations 11, 14. The second woe is past and behold, the third woe cometh quickly. Then verse 15. And this is why I bring up chapter 11 right now, because this is the seventh trumpet, the last trumpet. But remember, this is told during the interlude. It's an aside. So it's just a little footnote. Hey, by the way, the seventh trumpet is going to sound here. And Revelation eleven fifteen says, and the seventh angel sounded and there were great voices in heaven saying the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ and he shall reign forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders, which sat before God on their seats, fell upon their faces and worshipped God. So this is in heaven. Remember chapter four, we read about the 24 elders sitting on 
seats before God's throne. Verse 17, saying, We give thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art and wast and art to come, because thou hast taken to thee thy great power and hast reigned. And the nations were angry, and thy wrath is come in the time of the dead, that they should be judged, and that thou shouldest give reward unto thy servants the prophets, and to the saints, and them that fear thy name, small and great, and shouldest destroy them which destroy the earth. And the temple of God was opened in heaven, and there was seen in his temple the ark of his testament. And there were lightnings, and voices, and thunderings, and an earthquake, and great hail. That's your seventh trumpet. Now I bring this up because this is during the interlude where he's telling about future events, as well as past events that he's already covered. So when is this seventh trumpet actually being sounded? It is right at the end before Christ comes back at the battle of Armageddon and destroys the armies of the world. Let me prove it to you here. It is simultaneous with the seventh vile judgment in Revelation 16, starting in verse 17. And the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air, and there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne, saying, It is done. So if this is when the seventh trumpet, the last trumpet, sounds, then verse 18 it says, And there were voices and thunders and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake, such as was not since men were upon the earth, so mighty an earthquake and so great. And the great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell, and great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. And every island fled away, and mountains were not found. That's definitely a great earthquake, right? And there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven. Every stone about the weight of a talent, and men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail, for the plague thereof was exceeding great. That is exactly what we just read in Revelations eleven nineteen about the seventh trumpet. All right, and then here's another proof. When it s- describes the last trumpet, it says, Revelation eleven sixteen, and the four and twenty elders which sat before God on their seats fell upon their faces and worshipped God. In Revelations nineteen four, at the end, it says, and the four and twenty elders and the four beasts fell down and worshipped God that sat on the throne, saying, Amen, Alleluia. Why? Because it's the destruction of the evil armies of the world. That is why the third woe is the seventh trumpet, because it's at the end when great armies are destroyed. And if you think of the earthquakes and the hail in regards to the conquering army coming in, Jesus Christ coming on the white horse and destroying all the entire armies of all the world, what do we do as human beings in regards to war, before we send in the infantry, we shoot in bombs, artillery, right before the army goes in and cleans up. Well, what do you think the earthquakes and the hail is right before the Lord comes with the armies of the hosts of heaven at the Battle of Armageddon? And then don't forget that it also said the seventh trumpet is to reward the servants. So it's not just a woe for the evil ones. It's also a blowing of the trumpet, a reward for the servants. Revelation 20 verse four, and I saw thrones and they sat upon them and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God and which had not worshiped the beast, neither his image, neither received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. But the rest of the dead 
lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. That is the great reward for those who are beheaded for not taking the mark of the beast. The reward unto thy servants that chapter 11 clearly says the seventh trumpet is supposed to be. So this last trumpet is the seventh trumpet that is both a woe to the world and a reward to those resurrected saints who refused to take the mark of the beast during the seven year tribulation. That's the first resurrection, not the second, not after the rapture. It is the first rapture, the first resurrection of saints from around the world. So there you have it. I know I went fast. You might have to re-listen to it. Jot down some notes if you have some questions and then email me angrypatriot, the number 42 at yahoo.com. I would love to answer questions. I'll clarify anything that needs clarified. And next time we'll start with chapter 10, which is the second interlude or aside where he, t- he tells things out of order. Thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless you all.